Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast. So before we get into the podcast this week, I want to go over a little bit about where this next series of revelations came from. I believe that the Book of Remembrance was completed because I hadn't received any revelations that were supposed to go in that book after January of 2016. And in 2018, I was told by the Lord to go ahead and publish the book. So in my mind, this book was done. At the same time that all of that was happening, I would have people, including my wife, ask a very good question. What about the non-binary saints? The way that the Lord had instructed me to set up the fellowship of Christ was with the priesthood divided, if you will, into two categories, the brotherhood and the sisterhood. And then they work together as the order of the ministry for the actual fellowship of Christ. So that the brotherhood of Christ would be one organization for men that has its own goals and objectives. The Sisterhood of Christ would be another organization that had its own goals and objectives. I'm sure that there would be some shared duties, shared responsibilities, shared goals. And the way that, that those would be worked on would be in the order of the ministry. If you are familiar with the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, you have the male column, the female column, and the center column. And as I studied Kabbalah during this time, the one thing that I realized was that the fellowship was set up very much like this tree of life. The temple is set up very much like this tree of life. Everything is really based around this tree of life. And so when my wife and others would ask me, what about the trans And so when Christine and others would ask me, what about the non-binary saints? What about those that identify as either both male and female or neither male and female? If they feel called to the priesthood, what do they do? How do they do it? And the thing that the Lord had revealed to me over and over again was the reality that he wasn't going to answer theoretical questions. When non-binary saints came to us, we would receive an answer. And until then, transgender saints were pretty simple. If you identify as male, you're in the brotherhood. If you identify as female, you're in the sisterhood. And that's really all there is to it. And I was asked at one point, well, what if someone identifies as male and then later on realizes they're female or vice versa? Well, we deal with that at that time. We can pray for revelation. The simplest answer would be to say that they would move from one organization to the other. But the correct answer would be, I don't know. And it depends. So then later in the spring of 2022, a friend of mine reached out to me and I knew that this person was gay and there's obviously nothing wrong with that. This person let me know after knowing them for quite some time that they also identified as non-binary, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. This child of God wanted to know how do I fit into the priesthood of the fellowship. And I told them exactly what I just told you. And before I could say, and now that we have an actual need, I'll go back to the Lord and ask again. They said, well, now that you have an actual need, maybe it's time to go back to the Lord again. 
So clearly we were both thinking the same thing. And I did exactly that. I went back to the Lord to seek revelation. And I presumed that I would receive either A, nothing, it wasn't time yet, or B, something that would be added to Doctrines of the Saints. You know, you just add another section, Doctrine of the Saints. But that's not what happened. I received a massive, huge revelation that the Lord told me, number one, needed to be added to the Book of Remembrance and not to Doctrines of the Saints. And number two, that I would be receiving another revelation in October of that same year. Now I need to prepare myself for that revelation. Now I didn't know what I needed to do to prepare, but I prayed, I meditated, and I did everything I could between those two revelations to ensure that I was worthy and open to receiving the revelation as the Lord had it. Now I believe that this revelation came these two revelations, I should say, came because it was time. The fellowship had been teaching Kabbalah for quite some time, and the Kabbalah that we teach isn't traditional Jewish Kabbalah. It's not the magical Kabbalah with a Q, and it isn't that hijacked Jewish Kabbalah turned Christian that is Kabbalah with a C. It's Mormon Kabbalah. It's Everything that is Jewish Kabbalah and everything that is Mormonism put together into something that is just as ancient as it is new. And I do believe that it's different from the Christian Kabbalah and the Hermetic Kabbalah because in putting this together, I wasn't trying to take something that was Jewish and convert it into something that was Mormon. And I wasn't trying to take something that was Mormon and convert it into something that was Jewish. I was merely receiving revelation the Lord was giving me and putting it out there, which is exactly where the Jewish Kabbalah came from. Jewish Kabbalah came from study, prayer, meditation, and revelation from the Lord. And likewise, Mormon Kabbalah came from study, prayer, meditation, and revelation from the Lord. So in that sense, Jewish Kabbalah and Mormon Kabbalah are very, very much the same. Their teachings are very much the same. But the presentation is slightly different. And the understanding I have is that just like Jewish Kabbalah is a restoration of the original teachings of God to Adam and Abraham and Moses to the Jewish people, this is a restoration of the same information restored to Latter-day Saints. And we need revelation to have this because the Jews have to be able to understand it in their own religious understanding, their own tongue, if you will. And likewise, the Latter-day Saints have to have this understanding through our own tongue, our own language, if you will. We're not trying to take something that already exists and make it work for us. We're trying to take the revelations of God and know truth. And I'm not saying that Hermetic Kabbalah or Christian Kabbalah aren't also seeking truth. I'm merely pointing out that they're doing it without revelation. And that's why I study Jewish Kabbalah and I study the revelations the Lord's giving me and others and the insight and inspiration the Lord's giving others as well that are Latter-day Saints to understand this idea of Mormon Kabbalah and Jewish Kabbalah, but I don't really study Hermetic Kabbalah or Christian Kabbalah because I don't really have any interest in taking something Jewish and just making it Mormon. I just want to take the truth of the Lord and present it in a language that can be understood by Latter-day Saints and other Christians. 
and really Jews and anybody else, honestly. But I know to be fair that the language being used is going to be more familiar to Latter-day Saints. So with that, let's get into chapter 29 of the Book of Remembrance. And keep in mind that this is going to be a very different book going forward. Before there was this story of the creation of Adam and Eve, the pre-mortal world, and then the Lord telling us about it, giving us instructions. The story is gone. Now we are merely going to receive instructions. So in verse 1, it says, Verily thus saith the Lord unto my servant David, Thou hast asked me regarding those that identify as neither male nor female. For as I have said, they that identify as male are they of the brotherhood of Christ, and they that identify as female are the sisterhood of Christ. But what then of those that identify not as male or female? Now, I've already gotten into what the brotherhood of Christ is, what the sisterhood of Christ is. And for those that aren't unfamiliar with someone who's non-binary, that's someone who doesn't identify as male or female. So then the Lord says in verse 4, Behold, this shall I explain unto thee, and thou shalt add these my words unto the book of remembrance. So very clear here in verse 4, this goes in the book of remembrance. This doesn't belong in doctrines of the saints. Behold the tree of life. To the left is the masculine. At the top of the branches is Da'at, representing the Father, and below him the left hand of God, even Gevurah, the Holy Ghost. And at the right of the tree of life is the feminine. At the top of the branches is Hakma, representing the mother, and below her the right hand of God, even Hesed. For in mercy did I, the Son, create all that is. Uh, Hesed, by the way, on the tree of life is considered to be the first day of creation. And in the middle of the tree, at the top is Keter, the crown worn by the father and mother, given to the Son in the Holy Spirit. Not and the Holy Spirit, but in the Holy Spirit. So I can't help but wonder if this idea of the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus as a dove when he was baptized might have been Keter, the crown, being given to him in the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, Yet these Keter, Da'at, and Hakma are above the creation. Thus is Heset the first day of the creation, the light separating from the darkness. I just said that a minute ago. Gevura is then the second day of creation, separating the waters from the waters. And, and that really makes sense. You get baptized in mercy. It's the first day of creation. You're separating the light from the darkness. You're accepting the reality of God. And then the second day, you actually get baptized, get dunked into the waters, and receive the Holy Ghost. At the same time, we have to acknowledge that it is a little bit different because baptism of the Holy Ghost is normally seen as a baptism by fire. Here, we have the water and the fire somehow coming together through the Holy Ghost to me, that still makes sense because that's the first comforter. Remember, we learned about that in the previous chapter. The second comforter is Jesus Christ. And that Holy Ghost, as you're growing in the Holy Ghost, that's that flow of mercy. I talked about that in the podcast on the second day of creation. And Tiferet is the third day of creation, for it is the compassion of Yavah. And only by the light of Christ can mankind grow desires from the soil. Again, this goes back to the days of creation. I've talked about it before in, in a different podcast, so you'll want to reference that. I did one podcast for each day of creation. The fourth day is Nisset, and the fifth day Had, for only through endurance and submission to Yavah can mankind see the stars and read the night skies. And with that knowledge grow the desires that are the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. 
And the sixth day as you saw it, for mankind is the foundation, and all the desires mankind doth name. So this is basically talking about this idea that our desires grow in God and get more complex in, our, in their righteousness as we progress in the days of creation. And this goes through the Teshuvah meditations that I talk about earlier in the Book of Remembrance podcast. And on the seventh day, I and the gods did rest, and this is Malchut, the seventh day in exaltation, and hidden among the branches at the top of the tree between the five-pointed star that is Keter, Da'at, Hakma, Heset, and Gevura is Bina, where understanding may be found. And in all this is Insof, the infinite to be found. For before I gave shape to this world, the creation was without form, and there was only the Creator. So we are going right back to the very beginning in creation in, in a quick overview. This is very reminiscent to me of chapter one in the book of Zenus, the visions and parables of Zenus where he sees God and the body of God, and the body is the tree of life. But this is saying something a little bit new because it's talking about this idea that the tree itself is a sephirot and understanding the hidden sephirot. So we now have 12 sephirot instead of 10. Now, I will just say quickly, I know this is probably a bit much getting into the sephirot because what is a sephirot? We talked about it a little bit every now and then. And we're not really going to get into the Sephirot until later on in this podcast. There's an entire chapter on the Sephirot, and I am actually going to go over each one, one at a time in this podcast to give you guys a better understanding. So for now, I apologize. I just need you to be patient and understand that if God is an infinite being, we as finite beings, in order to better understand the infinite, God is breaking down these different aspects of himself, and then teaching us how we relate to them through the creation story. So understanding is found in the five-pointed star, and in Soth, the infinite is found in, in everything, in all of it. That's the creator. The creator is everything. Verse 16, And after the creation, the sacred name Yuvah was formed upon the lips of mankind. What then does this tell thee of those that identify as neither male nor female, or they that identify as both male and female? And I'll be frank here. When I received this revelation, I was like, yeah, that's what I was wondering while I was receiving this, Lord. What, what does this have to do with non-binary saints? And in verse 18, it explains it. These are they of the middle line of the tree, for they are neither right nor left, or they are both right and left. So in a sense, they're the middle column and they're the tree itself. They have a place. The Lord made room for these children of God. They are not something that doesn't belong in the creation or doesn't belong in the tree of life. They are a part of God, just like everyone and everything else. And when I first received this, it was confusing. Why are you going over the tree of life? Why are you explaining to me the days of creation? And the reason why is because the Lord is saying that these non-binary saints are the creation. As Christians, as Latter-day Saints, this is an important truth that we must understand. There are people out there teaching vile, horrible things about these children of God, that they're broken, they're, there's something wrong with them. Perhaps they're mentally ill. 
And the Lord here is saying, no, they're not broken. They're not mistakes. They are as I created them. They belong in the infinite, just like you do. And that is powerful because this world strives to steal hope from us. And many Christians, including Latter-day Saints, work with the devil to take hope away from these children of God. And here is the Lord in a very, very powerful way saying, no, they belong here. You belong here. You are a part of the creation. You are a part of me. That's powerful. No one is excluded. And I think there's a flip side to this because I had to ask myself, as I'm sure you did too, why are you going over the tree of life? Why are you going over the sephirot? It doesn't make any sense. Not very many people know what it is. Not very many people get it. But I think that's the point. The Lord is saying, you don't even know me. You don't know how to understand me better. So who are you to say who belongs and who doesn't? Focus on me, says God. Get to know me personally, says God. Understand how this tree of life represents me and get to know me better. Because as you do, you will know the creation better. And you will understand that no one is excluded. That all are a part of me. So I don't think the Lord made this revelation confusing to throw us off or to make this impossible for us to understand. I think that he made this confusing because those of us that understand the Sephirot even a little bit are going to get it and it's going to have a deeper meaning for us. And those of us that are unfamiliar with the tree of life and the Sephirot, we are going to be able to say, wow, I don't even understand God. So who am I to pretend to understand the creation, to understand why the Lord created non-binary saints? And again, I think that's a very powerful message. I want to back up. In all this is insof, the infinite to be found. For before I gave shape to this world, the creation was without form, and there was only the creator. And after the creation, the sacred name Yuvah was formed upon the lips of mankind. These children of God have eternally existed. First as intelligences, then as spirits, and now as intelligence, spirit, and physical form. And all those that are born again, the soul. They are growing in grace, just like everybody else. This is a very powerful way of the Lord just saying, yeah, they're normal. Yeah, I've, I've always had a place for these people. They belong. They belong to me, says the Lord. These are they of the middle line of the tree, for they are neither right nor left, or they are both right and left. And of this I shall tell thee more, but not yet. For when thou wast given the book of remembrance, it was unknown to thee that I was teaching thee the mysteries of Kabbalah. But now that thine eyes can see and thy mind comprehend, more shall be unfolded unto thee. And this that Israel shall see and shall know, 
for only in this shall Zion be established. So in what is Zion going to be established? Kabbalah, through this tree of life, through this understanding of God and the creation, the creator and the creation. Through our acceptance of one another, even those that are different than ourselves, especially those that are different from ourselves. Through this knowledge that we are one. So brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that this isn't the beginning of something new that I'm going to go over with you in the remaining chapters of this book. This is something ancient. This is something eternal. And this is the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of Israel, of Zion. If we can understand this book of remembrance, we can understand God. We can understand ourselves. We can understand the scriptures. I genuinely believe that as we understand this book, all things will be unfolded to us. I genuinely believe that this book of remembrance is a priesthood manual. And I believe that that's why this revelation had to be put here. I believe that it is a Kabbalistic book given to us as Latter-day Saints and given to all of Christianity, to Islam, to the Jews, and to all of the world so that we can better understand God. I believe that this is written in such a way that we as Latter-day Saints will be able to comprehend it through the Holy Spirit, but also anyone of the Abrahamic faiths will be able to understand it through the Holy Spirit. And anyone of any world religion will be able to read it and study it, ponder it, pray on it, meditate on it, and seek personal revelation to understand it. And I want to testify to you that me receiving the revelation wasn't enough. Me reading it wasn't enough. Me editing it for publication was not enough. But talking about it, pondering it, praying on it. I learned more about this book, making this podcast, than I ever did receiving the revelation itself or preparing it for publication. When people call me or email me saying, I'd like to know more about this, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. As I make this podcast, I gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Interestingly enough, when I edit the podcast, I actually get more out of this than I do when I read it. I learn new things when I'm editing the podcast. Now that said, I do also learn from it when I read it. And so if you are listening to this podcast right now, I want to ask you, are you reading it? How seriously are you taking this book? Are you allowing it to enlighten you, to transform you, to teach you? It is my prayer that you will grow in grace, closer to God every time you read this. It is my prayer that as you read it, it will encourage you to go back and read the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Torah of Moses, and any other scripture that the Lord places in your heart to help you understand this book better, and vice versa. As you're reading other scriptures, I know that the Lord will send you to this book to help you to understand the word of the Lord better. There is a power in this book, but it's not meant to convert people. That's the Book of Mormon's role. It's meant to help those of us that have been converted grow in the grace of Jesus Christ.
As we move forward, we are going to get into the tree of life. So I want you to remember these little hints here. These little things that are being said. To the left is the masculine. To the right is the feminine. And the center is the balance between them. Know that there are only 10 sephirot, and yet there are 12, because one is hidden and the other one is the tree itself. And that's not a contradiction. So wrapping up here, there's going to be a lot of interesting things as we move forward with the rest of this book. And I want to encourage you, if you have questions, please reach out and ask them. Info at cjccf.org. When people ask questions, I will answer them on the podcast. And I also will very likely respond in an email. But I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're wondering. I want to know how I can make this podcast better because it's not for me. It's for you. This is a labor of love that I'm doing for the Lord to help you learn Mormon Kabbalah and grow in the priesthood and in the grace of Jesus Christ. So if you have a thought you want to share, I want to hear it. If you have a question, please don't hesitate to ask. I do believe that once we are done with this book, we're going to be able to go back to the Book of Mormon and start digging into the plates of brass. And I think that we are going to learn a lot and we're going to learn a lot very quickly because we have a better understanding of these Kabbalistic principles. So until next time, Shalom and God bless.